Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, join me in listening to an episode with psychologist Dr. Catherine Ola. She is currently located in Munster, Germany, and is a member of the GCCR's leadership team. For a little more background information about Dr. Ola, according to her website, she is a psychologist with over 15 years of research experience in academia and industry. Her research is at the intersection between psychology, neuroscience, and nutrition, and focuses on understanding how the human mind processes food. She asks how different senses contribute to the experience of taste, how taste is shaped by experience and external cues, and how we can influence taste and boost acceptance to foster healthy eating behavior. Dr. Ola and I discuss how she got involved with the GCCR, her work there, and specifically the GCCR smell and taste check. Our interview was recorded in February 2021. Let's listen in. So, hi, Dr. Ola. Thank you so much for coming on the Smell Podcast this morning. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you. To start off, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from and where do you currently live? Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, I am a psychologist uh, who's living currently in Germany in the beautiful city of Münster. And um, I research uh, taste and smell in humans. Oh, that's fantastic. Obviously something that I'm very interested in. Um, so before we move on to the question I'm going to ask you about the Global Consortium for Chemo Chemosensory Research, can you tell me just a little bit more about what piqued your interest in that field of smell and taste? Actually, I got into smell and taste research by coincidence or even by accident. So I was researching the visual system like many psychologists are, and I was looking for a new challenge and I came across a job advertisement where they were looking for an experienced psychologist to study taste. And so I started to work in the, in the taste uh, research and then very soon I realized in order to understand taste or see it more in context, I need to learn about smell. So I continued in that direction and both senses together make the pleasurable food experience. And that just has been very compelling to me ever since I started in this area and I couldn't imagine to research anything else. That's fantastic. So we are speaking today about the GCCR, um, and so I would like to talk with you a little bit about that, the GCCR and specifically the smell and taste check that has been developed. So to yes. begin these, these questions, can you explain a little bit more, what is your role with the GCCR and maybe a little bit about what that organization does and how did you get involved with it? So my role in the GCCR is mostly as a member in the leadership team. And the leadership team is basically the first nine people that came together also through social media. Um, we are mostly smell and taste researchers of some kind. And we came together in spring last year, uh, intrigued by uh, those reports that some people with COVID-19 lose their sense of smell uh, or taste. And we were wondering what this is all about and whether this is really true. So we met 
And the GCCR was basically founded in, in a moment. And ever since this organization has been growing, we have over 660 members at the moment. And uh, it, it's quite a diverse uh, bunch of people who came together there. It's researchers, um, but it's also clinicians, it's patient advocates, and also people from the industry are joining us. So it's, it's really covering a lot of expertise and interests. And we have been basically together with the input of, of the whole consortium, uh, developed um, timely studies to, to investigate the, the link between taste and smell uh, in the current COVID pandemic. Yeah, and I actually uh, serve on the patient advocacy committee portion of the GCCR. So you and I are familiar with each other, I think, just by that part of it. Um, but today, speaking of the research that you guys have all been doing, the GCCR has developed something that's called the smell and taste check. So can you please explain to us what is the smell and taste check? A little bit about how does it work? Who's eligible to take it? And, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the smell and taste check has been developed uh, to be accessible to everybody. So no matter whether you're ill or healthy, whether you have uh, a pre-existing smell or taste condition, whether you're just a curious person, literally anybody um, who is 18 years old or older can participate in our smell and taste check. And uh, the smell and taste check is actually two tests, uh, basically. We have one version that is um, a little bit more, or uh, that requires a bit more involvement. It takes maybe half an hour to do. And it's a combination of an online survey with questions about your current health and preconditions and your taste and smell, how you evaluate it. And a more practical part where you can smell and taste different household items, like you can smell your shampoo or you can taste uh, sugar and coffee beans and report on your experience, how, how, like how intense the smell and taste but also the irritating experience of, for example, mustard or vinegar um, feels like to you. And um, as said, anybody can take it and can retake it as often as possible because, or as often as desired, because at the end we display your results, your ratings in an easy to comprehend uh, graphical uh, figure. And you can basically monitor your senses this way and really help our research um, at the same time. And since we know people are busy, um, people have a lot of their minds, pandemic is uh, more stressful than any of us would have thought, we developed a super quick version of that uh, check that um, takes only one minute. So basically just three questions about your COVID status and your current symptoms. And then you're encouraged to smell and taste your morning beverage. For mm. example, your coffee, rate that, and then you're done already. And the idea is that this has a very low threshold for people to participate very regularly, do it daily, 
and raise awareness of their senses so that they make it a habit to pay attention to their surroundings of how their food smells and tastes and be able to notice a significant change in those senses because meanwhile we know that the sudden loss or the sudden impairment of smell and taste can be an early symptom of COVID-19. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for elaborating. So as far as you're aware, you mentioned that this is a, a very large research project. So what pops into my head is, as far as you're aware, is there any other type of research like this that's taking place on this scale up until this point? Not to my knowledge, to be honest. There are other research groups in um, Great Britain, for example, who have set up large online studies and also recruited a lot of participants, but mostly in their own country. Mm. So um, such an endeavor where like hundreds of people really came together across the world and also across disciplines, uh, one must say, um, I've never really seen that before. So the other thing that pops out to me is that you actually mentioned that the smell and taste check is accessible to anyone who's interested who's over the age of 18, including those who have uh, pre-existing cases of smell loss. So just to clarify, does that mean that people like myself who have anosmia could go in and attempt to take the test? Um, in in this case, I would attempt to do the, the longer version of this test um, because it provides us with information that you are an anosmic already and that you do have a precondition. We don't ask this in this uh, super quick version of the test. And also that will help us compare the symptoms and, and the pattern of symptoms and um, experiences of already um, yeah, yeah, preconditioned anosmics with those recent anosmics that um, have acquired the anosmia, maybe also only temporarily uh, throughout COVID-19. I would not recommend to do the short version like on a daily basis because I can only imagine that it must be super frustrating if you really cannot smell to be asked to smell and rate something like every day uh, mm. again and again. Thank you. And another question that comes up for me in that regard is how are the responses from people who have pre-existing smell disorders useful for researchers? So a current question is really whether the um, anosmia, or it's not only anosmia, so some people still have some residual function, um, how the, the smell impairment or the taste impairment um, is really uh, with respect to people who have had smell and taste impairments before, completely unrelated to COVID. Because we are still at the point where we want to understand the mechanisms and also where patients are actually asking for prognosis. And we, we don't really have that many answers at the moment 
not yet anyway. So it seems a good idea to compare the patterns of experiences and symptoms between those two groups of patients to also understand or recognize differences and then dive in deeper and research mechanisms that may have caused these differences, uh, which again may be something that we could leverage in, in order to, to offer therapeutic approaches in the long run. Thank you. So if someone listening is interested in participating in the smell and taste check, how would they access this? Where would they find it? So they can go to the website of the GCCR. And um, it's, unfortunately, it's not gccr.com or so. It's gcchemosensr.org. And there you can be get information about all the studies and the different languages in which they are available. And that is the easiest way to stay up to date with all of our uh, tests because we are constantly updating and revising also our tests as knowledge progresses, as we get feedback from participants and patients. So the latest uh, information will always be found on this website. That's fantastic. And one thing I'd like to point out is that you just said something that uh, stuck out to me. You said that some of these surveys are available in multiple languages. Yes. That's pretty fantastic. So all of the all of the surveys that and the languages that they're available in will be online. So anyone who's listening should go and see what are some examples of other languages, just a few that are available. So the the smell and taste check is available in 15 languages at the moment, and we add languages like almost every week. Um, it's English, Spanish, French, um, Italian, but also Japanese, Korean, Arabic, Hebrew, Dutch. Yeah, I've almost listed 15 already. So we we <laughs> That's we phenomenal. We try we try to, to uh, cover as much uh, as many countries as possible, but obviously it also depends on availability of translators. So mm -hmm. one our initial study that we had only for patients available who were sick um, was published or was available or still is available in 35 languages, uh, including Indian languages, including African languages languages um, but we are not yet there with the with the smell and taste check but we may get there that's fantastic is there anything else that you'd like to share about the smell and taste check with listeners so I can only encourage um, people to participate, be it in the short or the long version, because particularly the short version is also fun in a way. And we tend to not pay attention to our smell and taste yeah, on, on a daily basis. So we only notice when it's gone how important it actually was to us. So mm. learning to pay attention to it can actually be quite uh, joyful also and increase also the experience of uh, enjoying your coffee in the morning or, I don't know, a nice cookie with your afternoon tea. 
And uh, I can only recommend this to everybody. It's a nice experience. Thank you. And you mentioned the website for the GCCR and how people can find that. I'll also make sure that I include that in the episode notes so that they can find that easily. Mm -hmm. But how can listeners also get connected with the GCCR on social media? Are there any social media pages? We do have a Twitter uh, handle also that I cannot recall from the top of my head. That's okay. I can include it. And um, there are Facebook groups that are not uh, GCCR as such, but uh, that, that have been associated with our patient advocates like like the apps and uh, group where patients can find a platform to also exchange with other people, which uh, they report to be quite quite helpful and also quite resourceful, uh, this experience. And of course, we also have contact details on our website. So you can just send us an email, either if you're interested to participate in anything, um, or if you're a patient seeking um, contacts, um, you can just send us an, an email uh, through our website. Well, I'd like to say thank you, Catherine, for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit more about yourself and the smell and taste check and the GCCR. It's always great to share important things in the world of smell and taste with listeners. So thank you for coming on. Sure. Thank you to Dr. Ola for coming on the podcast and telling us all a little bit more about the GCCR smell and taste check. If you'd like to learn more about the GCCR, make sure to click on the link in the episode notes. If you'd like to participate and contribute to research, you can click on the link in the notes for the smell and taste check and I'll also make sure to include a link to her own website. I'm excited to continue announcing that the Smell and Taste Association of North America, or STANA, is being formed. Currently, there are no active patient organizations focused on smell and taste disorders in the USA, and the aim of STANA is to become this much-needed resource. The website is online at www.thestana.org and our fundraising website is also located there. We are raising funds to pay for the startup costs of becoming an established 501c3 organization. If you're able to donate to help us get started, that would be really appreciated. And if you're not able to donate at this time, please consider sharing the fundraising page with your network so that we can raise the funds that we need to get established. This past weekend, on Anosmia Awareness Day, the Smell Podcast actually hosted an Instagram Live with other members of Stana, so if you didn't get the chance to check that out, please visit the Smell Podcast's Instagram and watch that IGTV so you can get to know us a little bit better. For any questions, or if you'd like to get involved, please visit the website, again, www.thestana.org, or email us at info Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Smell Podcast if you listen using iTunes. Reviews are helpful because they allow others to find the show. And finally, if you'd like to financially support the show, you can do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. I appreciate your support and a huge shout out to everyone who currently contributes to the show because as always, your generosity is what makes the podcast possible. Until next time, have a great day.